Hallmarkies. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. This segment of Deliver Me a Podcast, especially for you postables, brought to you by the postables team of the Hallmarkies podcast. I am Cami Clements and I have Casey back. Yay! Yay! I'm back. I disappeared. <laughs> Maybe I drank one too many uh, bottles Born of Yoohoo. <laughs> which i actually tried maybe six months ago for the first time since childhood and i was like this is the grossest thing i've ever tasted before that's what eric said he said it was really hard to get down (laughs) (laughs) and of course jess is back (laughs) hello everybody all right We are talking today about episode five of the series of Sign Seal Delivered, The Edge of Forever, but this is episode six of Deliver Me a Podcast, just so we're clear. But before we start, we're having an owl party. So all of them have stuffed owls. (laughs) Casey and me, thanks to our daughters. That's right. (laughs) But we all have stuffed owls, so here they are. Aren't they ador- adorable? And mine's one of those flippies <gasps> that yeah, you that, got the special that, one. that could change color. That could change colors with the sequence, <laughs> so it's really cool. Jess, I think I have the pink version of yours. <laughs> I think so too. They look very similar. Yeah, almost, almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is yours up? Is yours like the beanie baby ones? Yeah, mine's the beanie baby. Yeah, ones. mine too. Okay, yeah. so yeah, we do. We have the same one, just different colors. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jess, Jess, hold up your necklace. Okay, hang on. Yeah. So I got one. Jess okay, and I have our Shane <laughs> necklaces. So if you were listening last week, I couldn't find mine, but I found it. It's back. <laughs> it, has, it has been recovered. Woohoo! And then, given the episode that we're talking about, I am wearing my american flag hat and i'm wearing a shirt that says i love new york with uh a skyline and the statue of liberty on it i went to new york in march of 01 oh wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was in new york city on a choir trip in march of 2001 now for us i'm I'm pretty certain that this is the JFK shooting of our generation. So do you guys remember where you were when 9-11 happened? I think I was in third grade. Um, I know. You were in third grade? (laughs) I think so. Or somewhere close to this. I remember walking by one of my um, teachers, like it was like the end of school. So like no one was in the classroom, but I just remember walking by the classroom and my teacher was like looking at the TV and I didn't really notice it then. But when I got home, my mom had it on TV and then me and my sister just kind of sat there and we all watched it and cried together. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think I was close to third grade. Wow. Casey, where were you? So I was in the sixth grade and I remember that because I moved from South 
West Connecticut, literally a stone's throw from New York, and used to go to New York City all the time. Um, and that summer we moved to Florida. Um, so I was in the sixth grade, and the school I went to, sixth grade, was considered elementary school. So they did not tell us um, just because they didn't want to scare a bunch, you know. I don't want to scare a bunch of kids and stuff, Um, even though I'm sure that some of us in sixth grade could maturely handle it. Um, But I remember my dad picked me up and he was like, they didn't tell you what happened. I'm like, no, what happened? And he was like, you know, the Twin Towers, you know, there was a plane that crashed into them and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it was very surreal for me at that moment, just because we had taken so many trips to New York City. Like, I've been to Ellis Island. I've been to the Statue of Liberty. Sure. I've been to the Rock. I've been to the observation decks of both, you know, Trade Center Towers when I was mm-hmm. in elementary school. Um, and then not only that, but my cousin's um, significant other, Um, at the time worked in the trade centers too and we were very concerned about him and his safety and everything but um, thankfully I believe if I remember the story correctly um, there were there were a bunch of delays that day so he didn't make it to the city or something like that or he was like he was told not to go into work or whatever but oh yeah I mean he was not in the city when it happened um, but he did work in the trade center. Um, and then my cousin who, um, she was in college at the time. She said she watched the whole entire thing from the other side of the Hudson because she lived in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like she could see everything going on. So it's very, like, it's, it's, it's very, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's definitely a memory that has been like ingrained into my head. Yeah. Um, and then there had been several times, like, we'd been back to Connecticut to visit, you know, friends and family since 2001, and every year, like, that we'd go, my parents are like, do we want to go to the Trade Center Memorial? And I'm like, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not, just because it's so, I don't know, it's just so sad, you know, especially, like, having memories there as a kid, but I did go back with my husband, I think, 2014, um, and it's a beautiful area, um, mm-hmm. what they've done with it and everything, and um, and it's very eerie just going down into like ground zero. Yeah. I um, so I was like, okay, I'm, t- I'm looking at everything. I didn't take any pictures out of respect, but, um, I was like, I'm looking at everything, but I want to get the heck out of here because it's just yeah. so sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my long winded version of my, uh, 9-11 story. I was a freshman in college when it happened. And like I said, I had only been in there months. I had only been in New, in New York City months before on a choir trip, but I was walking to class. Well, I was walking to breakfast actually, because I lived in non-cooking apartments. And, uh, and there was this huge, huge group of people looking at the TV outside the cafeteria. And I just went, what the heck? And so I go in and I look and I said to somebody sitting there, I said, what happened? And she just kind of absentmindedly said, a a plane hit the twin towers and because her eyes were just glued to the, to the TV. And I said, what? Everything at the moment that I was there was at a complete standstill. So I had no idea what was going on. 
I didn't see anything happen. I wasn't getting any details from anybody around. I looked at my watch and like, I'm going to be late for class if I don't go and eat now. So I went and ate and went to class and went on my merry way. And we didn't have a, we didn't have a TV in our apartments. We just had a little TV VCR combo thing that could play videos, but we didn't have any kind of TV service. So I had no idea what had happened, really. I finally got some kind of idea, you know, in hearing about it in the weeks that followed, but I never saw any news coverage. I never saw anything. And then my sophomore year of college, I got cast in a play about 9-11. It was called A Hole in the Sky. And I, and I, yeah, and I got cast as the mom of, of, uh, somebody who was trapped in the North tower and he calls and says goodbye. <laughs> and at one point he tells me, turn on the TV. And I was really, really struggling with this part because I had never seen any coverage and so I went up and I talked to my director afterwards and I said, John, I'm really, really struggling with this. Can you help me out? And he hands me this big, huge stack of about seven videotapes and says, here you go. And I went, okay. <laughs> so I took this big, huge stack of videotapes home and I watched it all happen. And I experienced all of the emotions that I should have experienced the year before because I, I was watching it unfold for the first time. And oh, so wow. needless to say, it really helped my performance. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny because my first thought was, didn't you just try to Google it? But I'm like, that's 2001. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2001. 2001, 2002. That is not the era of now. Google. I no. didn't even. Smart I phones. didn't even own a cell phone. I didn't even own a cell phone yeah. in 2001. So you know, it just, yeah, it it was crazy. It was mm. absolutely crazy. So 9/11 has come to mean a whole lot to me because of that very fact. So when I saw that this episode dealt with 9/11, I I immediately started to bawl. I just went. <gasps> <laughs> one of those really shocked reactions and the way once again Martha's writing the way that she the way that she wrote it had no idea you know he's flying he's flying to Los Angeles a day early that's all it said so never suspected for a moment oh, yeah. that that it was 9-11 uh okay so let's dive into the episode so, uh, let's talk about the very, 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 very awkward encounter <laughs> between Oliver and Shane. And then we see Rita on skates and she's all bubbly and excited and then all of a sudden realizes that something's wrong. And then Oliver says that they were forced to cancel. And she, and Shane says, hmm, not how I remembered it, but it was unexpected, though. It just <laughs> walks, just stalks off. I went, 
Ooh, a woman scorned. <laughs> so, and then I don't know what's funnier that moment or, oh, how'd it go with, with the Broncos? <laughs> but, and of course, Oliver, I mean, even though he is not up on pop culture or athletics, or anything, he still has enough knowledge to say, the Broncos are a football team, Norman. They haven't played since February. You know? <laughs> just, like, man, for a man who's so out of touch with modern life, I, I'm kind of surprised he knew that. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea when any football teams are playing. So, <laughs> so what, what, are you, what do you guys think about that? and you know Rita doing don't say anything (laughs) I I really like the opening scene um well it's obviously not pleasant for them but I really like when Shane gets sassy I just think it's really funny (laughs) that's a really really good acronym not acronym it's a really good um adjective Adjective. for her yeah Yeah. I love sassy Shane (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's I love that beginning part she's like but it was unexpected So this time I noticed um, Norman and Rita's just like their connection because like uh, in the very beginning they were very like hi <laughs> like <laughs> um, but now hi Rita <laughs> yeah it was very like oh my goodness he looked at me but now it's like they're building a a stronger relationship where you know they've got this communication they're starting to get it down and it's kind of fun to see. You know, because we know we know That's how Rita and Norman yeah. ends. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching it the first time. I didn't really catch it that time. You know, I was yeah, more right. paying attention to the letter story. Shane and Oliver are they're very prominent. But this time with mm-hmm. Rita going like, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 starting to really jive these two. So, yeah, and nice. and Norman on that same point, Norman is a little less clueless because he he senses it or or reads Rita. And quickly switches to how are the Broncos, and he actually kind of isn't as clueless as we've seen him. He's still not quite there, but and at least, at least... He said the Broncos and not like the 49ers or <laughs> the Chicago Bulls that have nothing to do with Denver. <laughs> at least yeah, it was the right local. team. Local. It was local. <laughs> and I don't think that Norman is ever going to catch up with you know mainstream society but that's okay that's why we love him and i love how he was like yeah i'm not athletic and i'm like (laughs) you don't have to be athletic to know that the broncos didn't play (laughs) hasn't played uh case in point oliver (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would not call oliver athletic at all dive into the storyline and we have a lost box it's so sad because the box is perfectly intact the one thing that is wrong with the box is that instead of being written on it the the uh address was taped to a label it was printed on a label and then the label was taped or glued to the box. So that's why it went missing. And I don't know, just because it's ashes that makes it really serious to me, you know? Just, mm-hmm. I, I just think, ah, 
how how do ashes get lost in the mail? And it's because it had an official printing label instead of being and written on the box. So. Also, are you even allowed to mail ashes in the mail? Like, is that even, like, there's got to be some kind of law against mailing human well, remains. Well, you know, there's that disclaimer, this series departs from... <laughs> So it's true. <laughs> it, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, and as Norman tells us, his some other relative once tried to mail himself for Christmas in the mail. <laughs> yeah. So, fun fact: I just googled. Can oh my you mail goodness! Human ashes? <laughs> because it's not 2001 anymore. Right? It's not 2000. How to package and ship cremated remains from about.usps.com. Oh, it's official. Oh my. So you can. Yep. It, okay. And I think it's the only official way that you can, like, you can't FedEx or UPS remains. It has to, it go has the to be USPS. I think so, yeah. All right. But you can. It's a legit thing. Well, there wow. you go. Learn something new every day. Indeed we do. <laughs> and you need label 139 on that. <laughs> that sounds like a Norman fact. That, that that's a, you know, exactly to, why I said to it. Quote, <laughs> to quote Shane, that's a Norman answer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also in this same scene that we hear for the first time about Rita entering the Miss Special Delivery Contest. And that goes on into the movies. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so this is this is the start of I hate to do I hate to do this, but this is the start of something new. <laughs> hey, we do we do high school musical on the Hallmarkies podcast too. That's you know? true. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ian. There you go. <laughs> so but yeah, it's so this is this is a storyline that stretches forever in the postable world so this is the very start it's the it's the first time that we hear anything about it and so then that that begins the whole big sister thing of shane trying to help rita out trying to mentor her and going through that very 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 long list of talent ideas to try to help this poor sweet girl out who apparently has no talent whatsoever okay but did she say somewhere play the guitar because i swear she did and rita said no or did we just was that skipped over somehow i don't remember i'm not sure yeah i I don't remember either i don't remember either all right so Sisters come in and yeesh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, yeah. it got it got cold in the mailbox grill. <laughs> sure did. And what made me giggle about that whole scene is when Oliver was talking about the sisters and having contacted them and he said that the one sister had used much more colorful language. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this Whoa. isn't this isn't one of my trivia questions, but I'm going to just say it here in the middle. Okay. Which sister? Which sister was the one with the colorful language? Uh, I think Caitlin. Vanessa. It was Vanessa. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa was the one with the colorful language. 
So then we get, uh, we get into the whole story of mama and starting to read the letters. And there, there are two phrases that kind of jumped out to me. I never met a stranger and Ness is going Swiss on us. <laughs> just, I thought both of those were very sweet and very indicative of this very sweet, mild-tempered, adoring mother. You know, there's, because you can tell, even though she's not in a whole lot of the episode, you can just tell that she was a very sweet woman. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And can, I don't know if you guys caught it. Had she been dead for a while? Like how lost was this in the mail or was it pretty recent still? I go, go ahead, Casey. I thought it was within a couple weeks. Okay. No more than a month. Yeah. I, I think the same because they talked about at the ceremony, the pastor wouldn't let them have the remains. Be, right, they wouldn't right. um, because they were being sent to somebody. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm pretty sure that this is fairly recent, which is a good thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so we figure out the first clue leads them to Maggie's general store. And we know that this is a very traumatic place for the girls. We don't know why yet. Oh, ugh. oh man, I'm telling you. <laughs> so um, we don't know why yet, but uh, it's a very traumatic place, and Vanessa can't handle it, and she walks away. She she just has to go and take a walk. Caitlin goes to find her, and then we have ooh the icy winds blow in again. Oh. <laughs> Only this time it's between Oliver and Shane. Okay, so Casey, <laughs> you're a married woman. Sure am. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, thanks for flashing your blink. <laughs> so, but if if you and your husband had separated and it had been over a year, do you think? that you would be as angry as Oliver if someone was trying to tell you about your spouse just starting a whole new life? I mean, as me myself, I would already know that information. So <laughs> that's yesterday's news. Um, Very true. Very true. As Oliver... However, if I were Oliver in his shoes, I feel like he had a right to be upset just for the sheer fact of he didn't ask and it's, it really truly isn't anybody else's business. And not only that, it's not just your coworker, it's like your employee. So there are okay. like several like levels of like privacy I feel like that Shane had violated Mm -hmm. um so I understand it from his perspective I just it's so complicated too because it's like dude your wife has not contacted you for two years like you've got to either 
you've either got to go out and find her yourself or someone's going to tell you and somebody did so like Mm -hmm. it's oh it's such a complicated situation in some like so many ways yeah and i i think too like for oliver it i mean obviously she violated his privacy and he he would be upset about that but i think a big part of it too is her telling him that is forcing him to to kind of let go of his denial and face the facts and that leads to him feeling that sense of failure and guilt and so he's she's kind of bringing all that into it too all those deep complex emotions of like well if it's over then I failed and mm-hmm. I should have done this and, and I think some of it's that, that as well as the fact that she you know violated his privacy because I think he's also come to expect that from her is she's, she's the one who digs into everything. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of have to wonder if it were a different situation, if they had danced together, would he have gotten that angry? And I don't think he would have. I think like he kind of also overreacted in a way just because he knew that they were not in sync. Like she was obviously super angry with mm-hmm. him for some reason that he wasn't going to address and he was going to kind of shove it under the rug as we had seen up until this point. Like, he was never addressing her and how she felt about him, like, bailing out on her. Right. You can tell deep down it really does bother him that she's upset with him. Mm -hmm. So for her to dig into his private life or whatever, it's almost kind of like revenge. Like, well, you didn't dance with me, so I'm going to go tell you that your wife's not coming back. Like, it's almost... Right. Like, it feels vindictive. vindictive. Yeah. 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 There's there's one more, there's one more layer that I want to add. It's the fact that he has feelings for her and because you can tell that he that he's starting to like her mm-hmm. with, the mo- with the moment at the very end of the dance it- <laughs> Whoa, <Casey. laughs> that okay can I just say really quick because I was not here last you weren't week. you weren't here for oh, that yes. I was not Go here ahead. last I week I just two seconds I just want to say the first time I watched that it was very innocent and then all of a sudden it got so hot in there and I was like whoa he's this somehow feels so wrong <laughs> like hyperventilating like and then I real when he stopped and like when he stopped dancing and I was like good for you way to stick to your guns and then I was also like but then it was like my moral say he's married which means he cannot be dancing with her like that <laughs> very conflicting it yeah it's very conflicting and We're so all conflicted, including all of very conflicted. <laughs> it's uh, um it's because they are the protagonists and we want mm-hmm. them to work out so we don't want a pesky wife in the way you know <laughs> so, but i think that was a that's a big thing he's hiding behind his wife mm-hmm. to shield the feelings that he has for her you know, I'm a married man and appearances can be deceiving, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I know. I just wanted to like throw something at him when he said that <laughs> about appearances. I'm like, oh, please, that is not what this is about. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it, I really think that he has feelings for her mm-hmm. and he's hiding behind his wife mm-hmm. to shield those feelings. And so that makes him extra angry yeah that she is the one telling him that his wife is probably gone for good yeah that's really true because you think about it boils him over 
if it had been like Rita, like kind of like very innocently telling him that, I don't think he would have reacted. Yeah, he would have just. You're very right. He he yeah. just would have been sad. Yeah, he would have been yeah. sad. But that's yeah. it. And I think too the other layer of that is because he is a man of faith, like he, he's still married. You know, as a person of faith, you stick to your vows until they're no more. You know, and that's what that's what I would do. I mean, if I know? was attracted, if I was attracted to a man, and my husband and I were separated, which heaven willing will never happen, mm-hmm. but if I was attracted to a man, but we were still technically married, I would be acting like Oliver. I know yeah. I would. Oh Just yeah. Like, for Stay sure. away. I am a married woman. I am not divorced. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. I would. <laughs> and but, and I, I think too, because that is also a tricky situation, you know, it's easy to be like, well, you know, it's so wrong. Well, he's a, you know, Oliver is a flawed character. And I think mm-hmm. that's what makes this series yeah. so fantastic is they're all flawed characters in one in way. In their own way. Know, yeah. And they each experience growth. And so yeah, so much conflict. So good. <laughs> now, quick, quick throw in. When uh, Rita tells Shane that she met Holly once before, Jess and I were talking about this very thing. One of the words that Rita used to describe Holly, what was it, Jess? Intelligent. It? <laughs> smart. Yeah. yeah. So she seems smart. And we kind of looked at each other and went, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Holly is not. Holly is an airhead. <laughs> Holly is a complete airhead. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if just because her character had not been completely developed yet, you mm-hmm. know, or maybe it was a very, very brief meeting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, maybe it's because she looked smart because, like, she dresses really nicely. It's like, true. That's you know, very and true. sometimes when with with that really fancy coat and the heels and yeah. the really nice dress like uh, you, you know one can appear smart yeah it's it's true it's true all right so let's go back to the girls and wait wait before oh, we do oh, though okay we have to talk about that final thing that shane and oliver say to each other on the porch with <sighs> that horrible machine <laughs> no not that no i know i know i, I know okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> wait hey. She, you know, or he tells her, you know, this, this is what friends flown. do. This bird has flown, my friend. But even beyond that, when... when no, that's said, what I, I'm getting you started. Oh. She, yeah, okay. she says, this bird has flown, my friend, and then... And then he says something about, and this is how friends, you know, act or whatever. And she's like, I don't know. I've never had a friend like you. And he had a friend like you before. Maybe you presume too much. In my heart, like there was a dagger in my heart when he said that. Oh, "Oh, that that is deep. And it just makes you think of like like those times when you're just like wanting to be really when you're really angry with someone and you just want to hurt them. You know Mm. you don't mean what you're about to say, but you just say it because you know it will cut deep. And I feel like that's like not that Oliver's really vindictive in that way, but that's what it felt like. But he was feeling it in that moment. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, like and you can just see the impact on Shane's face. And she's just like, you know, maybe so. And it's like, oh, I can't. Yeah. That's hard it, to watch. That whole was. scene is like the cringiest moment. Like, you just want to be like, oh, I'm dying right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, guys, it's Cammie and Anne. With Mother's Day coming very, very quickly and just fast approaching around the corner, 
what do you get your mother for Mother's Day? I know that it is always a struggle with me. My mom says, hey, I want this for Mother's Day. That kind of ruins the point. So, and we live with my mother currently. And so it's always really hard to try to get her just the perfect gift. What about you, Anne? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's your mom, it's a big and important day. And so it can be a struggle to kind of find the right thing um, for, for, for a mom. Definitely. Right. So are you looking for the perfect gift for your mom or even another loved one? Well, we've got what you need. Skylight. Nowadays, staying in touch with those we love is so much easier than it used to be. Yes. (laughs) And it's also more important than ever. And the easiest way to do it is with Skylight, a photo frame you can email photos to. How easy is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Don't have to have the right software or any of that. Just email the photos anytime from anywhere. It's a great way to feel close. So, and I live with my mom, like I said, but where are your, where's your mom? I live in Nashville, but my parents are in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so they're not with me. So it would be really easy for me to just email some photos, you know, to the skylight frame. I sent it to my mom and then she could see, you know, what we have going on and be surprised when it comes on the screen there. Yeah. And The other thing is multiple people, because it's an email address, multiple people can send to this. You don't have to invite people to a group, which is always so annoying. Uh And it sets up effortlessly, listen to this, in under 60 seconds. Wow. And then sending it is effortless. Like we said, everyone in your family can just email photos to mom skylight and they'll pop up in her home in seconds. You can preload it with your favorite photos too. And then you can also have the emails. So now as a special holiday offer, so if you look are looking for just that right gift for mom, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash hallmark and enter code hallmark. That's right. $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, which is not a small amount of money. Just go to skylightframe.com slash hallmark and enter code hallmark. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash hallmark. So give, give, give a mom a gift she'll enjoy and enjoy your... So one, uh, one question for you guys. What do you think about Carrie, the mother... What do you think about Carrie's choice to go to someone that she has not seen in 13 years? She only met that one time and basically saying, I'm going to entrust my remains to you after I die, which is big. You know, that, that's, that's pretty heavy to put on someone that you spoke to and got to know for one day and then never saw them again. Mm-hmm. And 13 years go by and you come back and whoa. <laughs> and then to take the girls on the, on the treasure hunt. What, what do you guys think about that? Jess, let's start with you. I think it's very interesting. I can't say I, I think anyone actually do anything like that. It's pretty extreme. <laughs> 
and especially in having this scavenger hunt, you know, she's, she's hoping at this point that they'll actually be able to figure it out. I mean, the, the ending ones are easier, but like the first one with Katie's Creek and the 47 and whatever the interstates were, like, in the, 70, the what was it, 79 and 72? Is that what it was? exactly but like and with the fondue like some of those are fairly obscure references and if they were as separated as they were like i don't know if i would remember some random inside joke with my family you know from when i was 10 so right. i think she's banking a lot on the fact that they're gonna figure this out because maggie's pretty clear like no we gotta follow these rules you gotta solve these riddles and it's it's a risk really it's a, big it's risk. a huge risk <laughs> yeah what I about agree. you casey huge risk I mean, first of all, is Maggie even going to still be there? Is she going to be as helpful as she was the first time? Well, she went and talked to her about it. Well, no, so. I mean, like, before talking to her, like... Oh, when she's going back like, 13 years later. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. You know, and then also, like, is it actually going to work? It, it, there's, a, there's a lot to... There's a lot at stake, you know? Mm-hmm. My, my biggest thing, I, I think, would be how desperate must she have felt Mm -hmm. to to turn to Maggie and the other thing I think is that that was the day that it all started that was the day that turned the family and so she wanted to take her girls back to that day so to have them own up to their feelings and face them because obviously they didn't face them for 13 years Mm -hmm. and figure out what it was that was causing the problem and get them back to when they were friends so that's that's my big thing one one thing i just have to say is when it showed her writing the letter and her voice says you did it i mean can you just imagine because we as the audience we know they did it now but that mother died not knowing if they were actually going to reconcile Mm -hmm. and can you just imagine how much the tears must have been draining out of her eyes when she said you did it just hoping pleading that it would one day happen yeah yeah oh i i cannot even imagine it's funny because my kids came over my girls came over and started watching a little bit with me and i told them don't you two ever do this don't you ever have a fight that will last from the time that you're little to the time that you're grown-ups because that would make me so sad and course they promised we won't ever do that mommy (laughs) (laughs) we won't ever do that mommy (laughs) what is your guys's opinion on the that like the fact that they haven't spoken in 13 years because i mean i understand it's a really big thing to happen but so i can really relate to the the family dynamic because i only have one sister we're only 15 months apart we were very very close as kids and so i i felt that relationship and you know, me and my sister, we've have our differences. We've grown apart a little bit as we've, you know, we have our own lives now, but I can't imagine even in the big things that have happened in our family, never talking to my sister for 13 years. And some of it may be kind of the time thing of the episode. We don't really get the history that's happened within those 13 years, 
but I just have a hard time believing it. Two, two sisters could I, I not speak for 13 years. Yeah. I was when their mother died. That was, that's one of the, that's one of the things that kind of felt off for me. Once again, I said this, I said this last week, uh, but I blame time. Uh, no, two weeks ago, uh, to whom it may concern. I, I blame, uh, when I, when we did, yeah. When we did to whom I, to whom it may concern, I blamed time for not having the time to be able to to talk everything out and develop everything. Mm -hmm. But I blame time here because I did not buy that 13 years of anger and silence could be resolved in 30 seconds. Especially (laughs) when, when there wasn't even like a true incident, they just, they both blamed themselves and thought the other blamed them, but there wasn't like a big, like you did this and I'm mad that you did this. It was more like a misunderstanding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, like, I don't feel like they just all of a sudden 9-11 happens and then they just stop talking to each other. I feel like in that situation, it, was probably it gradual. probably was very like, you know, uh, Caitlin's the older one, right? She's, yeah. she's the one that so, yeah. herself. Like, she became more stiffy and like, more sh- like short, not mm-hmm. as like, kind of like Elsa and Anna from Frozen. Like, right. <laughs> And, that, and she stopped she stopped sense. talking to Vanessa. Yeah. And so. I, I mean, I don't think talking necessarily literally. It could just be like stop with the deep conversations and the friendship. Obviously, they have to talk to each other because they're living in the same house until right. they grow up and grow older. And then, you know, if you're in college or if you're, you know, getting married or having your own life it's easy not to communicate you know within that time frame especially if you don't have to and you only see your sister at like Christmas Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. Easter you know holidays so I don't know I mean I feel like in those circumstances it's very important for people to get help see a counselor especially like if your kids go through something traumatic because that just reminds Mm -hmm. me of somebody like two girls that should have gone through counseling after a very traumatic death of see Mm -hmm. like you know 9-11 their father passing away you know that's just trauma in itself you know and trauma does weird things to people including grief and anger and just not being able to you know overcome those things you know that was that was my big thing too Casey why was this not resolved 10 years ago you know why why did the mom why did the mom not intervene you know that that was my big thing is Mm -hmm. she she kept on saying I I never knew what it was that that made you so angry at each other. I'm like, well, why not? (laughs) I mean, she's as sweet as she is though. And I'm sure she could have tried, but it's just like, she doesn't know how, you know, like for me, I'm a very forceful person who I'm like, I'm going to like bonk your heads together till you guys (laughs) until you talk, like you will talk, (laughs) you will get along and we will figure this out. But there are people who are not like that. They don't like conflict. They're very like, mm-hmm. I don't like conflict either, but I, I'd rather have peace, you know, but like very Amen. You know, Amen. calm and sweet and just like, well, honey, like, why don't you talk to your sister? I mean, has, how, don't you think it's been too long? It just very, mm-hmm. I don't know. Her, the mom really reminds me of somebody who's very like, who very much like that. Very pa- not 
passive in a negative way, but just sweet and kind and very meek. Meek, yeah. Very meek. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just have a very hard time understanding why she would let so much time go by without trying to help them get, get it resolved. Or maybe mm -hmm. she did try it. And that's one of the things that yeah. we didn't get to see. Yeah. That, like so said, once again, I blame time. I blame time. I, blame yeah. time. <laughs> I think if we had had just a couple of flashbacks of of a little more of that story, it would have it would pulled it together a little more. But it would have like filled said, it in. We yeah. just didn't have the, it was an episode versus a movie. So we didn't really have yeah. that wiggle room right. to put it in. And to be honest with you, if the mom is as, you know, quiet and meek and, you know, as we assume she is based on the very few scenes we've seen, and we know that, you know, Caitlin has a mouth or, and Vanessa or Vanessa has the mouth and Caitlin's <laughs> very like direct Uptight. or whatever, <laughs> uptight, they probably just talked over their mom. They, they probably literally walked over her. And it's that's possible. I mean, literally walked over her. Literally, <laughs> literally. They literally walked on her. Is that? <laughs> yes. All over her spirit. Stop. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, the sisters finally, and you know what? It's really sad. It's very sad that so much time passed that they, with them thinking that the other blamed them. And so it's very sad that so much time passed, but it's also very sweet that they both blamed themselves because that's why they thought the other was mad is mm -hmm. because they blamed themselves. You know, he said, um, Caitlin said, this is my fault because I called daddy. I wanted him to come home for your birthday so that you would stop crying. and You missed him and I missed him. And... Vanessa said, you've always blamed me for dad because she was blaming herself. So it's very, very yeah. sad, very sweet sentiment right there. That right. They both projected their own guilt onto the other. Person. Onto the other. Yeah. So we finally get it resolved. They go to that beautiful, beautiful view, which is just so breathtaking. And, uh, and they ask... They ask Oliver to recite, thanks to Shane's suggestion. Oh, and also, I forgot to mention this. They ask Shane. They pass the letter from Mama to Shane and ask her to read it out loud. And I thought that was an interesting choice. Uh, because, you know, you have, to, you have to divide up the lines as actors. But I'm tr trying to think inside the characters' minds what what was the choice there why would they pass the letter to shane to read my thought was that number one she's a neutral party and number two she's a woman and mm -hmm. so it would be almost like hearing their mom's voice yeah i as i'm thinking about it if one of them, like, if each one of them did not want to read it, it makes more sense to me, though, that they would have Maggie read it. That's Maggie what I thought, too. Part. But maybe Maggie's too emotionally involved. Maybe. Maybe. What do you think, Casey? I don't know. I, I didn't really think too much about that part. I mean, <laughs> I thought they just looked at the closest person to him and was like, oh. here you go. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to read this. You read it. <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, so whatever the reason is it worked it totally worked it just i i was yeah that was one thing that i was wondering about the reasoning 
So then at Shane's suggestion, they ask Oliver to recite something because he is a master of recitation and he is a man of faith. Uh, I didn't write down the whole thing, but there were two phrases that caught my eye. When hope within me dies mm -hmm. and he starts crying right there because his, his hope for his wife is dying. He, he doesn't, he's very slowly, it's ebbing away. His hope that she will come back is ebbing away, especially with the, res with the revelation that she has uh, bought a three-year lease mm -hmm. <laughs> on an apartment in Paris. <laughs> so, there, so when hope within me dies and then his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me, it kind of goes back to when he was looking at the mountain sparrow and he mm -hmm. was kind of miffed with Shane for missing it, mm -hmm. but he saw mm -hmm. the beauty and it's, and it started that whole conversation. But I think that, you know, at least Oliver has made peace with that conversation mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, and that was kind of his way to, of resolving it was saying his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. Mm -hmm. And as you were saying that, I was just thinking too, it, it really goes back to Martha and how amazing she is at connecting the dots and pulling things Interweaving! Because, it's awesome. <laughs> like you said, there, there's the, the psalm he reads that talks about hope and the sparrow, which goes back to his and Shane's conversation about hope and the mountain sparrow, which ties into the Emily Dickinson quote he that he um, recites of um, hope is the hope thing is with the feathers. feathers. So we have hope yeah, and yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah. We got like three instances of, of hope boom, and boom, birds. Boom, boom, boom. And it's like, it just ties together so beautifully to his story and, and their story. And it's just like, Martha, I want your brain. Like, just, just put it in there because I want to think like this. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, once again, this is a bit of a sadder episode. So let's end with some levity. All right, I've got my trivia. I'm ready. All right. Got this. All I was right. paying attention this time. Yeah, sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the faith, Cammie. <laughs> I'll show you. I said I was a woman of faith. I never said anything about faith in you. <laughs> <laughs> Dagger in the heart. Dagger. You're just like Dagger. Oliver. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Caitlin's necklace is in the shape of a heart. <laughs> you were paying attention, were you, Jess? No, I, I, I can. I didn't think it was a shape. It's like something kind of like abstract. I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> it was a rose. Oh, her necklace was in the shape of a rose. Never would have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is a personal favorite of mine because it's one of those moments where it fits the mood, but you don't really notice it. So let's see if you guys noticed. What kind of music played when Rita fell into Norman's arms? When she fell on her skates. 
I was not paying attention to the music. music. (laughs) What kind of music? It's very distinct. It's a very distinct kind of music. Like the genre? Like you want us to name the song? No, no, no. I don't want you to name the song. (laughs) I I still don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hawaiian. It's got this hula music. And she goes, Norman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is Rita's favorite food? Oh, Oh, a Jerusalem artichoke. Jerusalem artichoke. Jerusalem artichoke. (laughs) Casey beat me to it. Okay. What did Maggie give the girls on 9-11? Sodas. What Orange kind? soda. Very good. <laughs> Man, I, feel like I, need, just... I feel like I need to be like in a cone of shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you, Kimmy, to ask about the stamp of Norman stamp, the inverted pink pelican. I had the answer ready. I knew that one. <laughs> you gotta ask me the right questions, the things I All remember. Right. All right, Jess, one last chance. Oh, oh there's one more? I, I, I made one up. <laughs> I take very copious wait, notes. Okay, wait. I, I do have to say, though, I did get the one in the trivia in the middle of the, of the episode here about uh, who, who had the colorful language. Okay, so yes, you did. Too. Yes, 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 yes. I have okay. to have some redemption here. <laughs> <laughs> what was Rita's time when Norman was timing her and she did the little twirl with, put, with sorting the mail on the skates? What was her time? Two minutes and seven seconds. I'm Casey? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a question just for Jess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Casey, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, 240? Three minutes. Three minutes. Three okay, minutes flat. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll redeem really myself listen. next time. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're going to be hosting. <laughs> No, no. Oh, no, it's Casey's turn next time. Yeah. We shall see. Casey's going to give me some easy ones, right, Casey? (laughs) Um, I stand. What contest is Rita (laughs) trying out for? This special delivery. (laughs) All right. All right. So final thing we're going to do is since we're all cooped up and we're all in quarantine and the time keeps getting longer and longer and longer, Casey came up with this wonderful little game. So what are the postables, the four postables, what are they binge watching? What are they binge watching on TV while they're stuck at home? And Oliver's read all of his books. He has to watch (laughs) television. (laughs) I don't know that Oliver has a television, but let's pretend that he does. And he has to because he's read everything in his home and he's tired of them all. So, what are the four postables binge watching? All right, Casey. Okay. Oh, we're actually answering. <laughs> yes, I thought we were answering. <laughs> we were That's why we're them. playing the game. Nobody <laughs> answers prepared. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to remember what I said. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put that I think that Norman is binge watching Ghostbusters oh, and. <laughs> And the Discovery Channel. <laughs> oh, no. oh, 
Ghostbusters. Sorry, not Ghostbusters. Mythbusters. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. I think Ghostbusters is a good answer too. <laughs> Oh man, okay. I think that Norman has been watching Mythbusters <laughs> and the Discovery Channel. That's where he gets all his fun facts from. Okay. I think that Shane is a um primetime kind of gal watching NCIS and 24 and binge watching through all of those to get okay. like her very mystery mind filled. I feel like uh, Rita is going to be um, binge watching the Hallmark Channel because she is a romantic at heart and she just loves love. And um, Oliver is binge watching currently a documentary. It's an eight part documentary in my mind of the history of the, the Pony Express and mail starting from 500 BC. And he's got to go through all 500 BC up until present time. And that is the entire documentary. Wow. <laughs> all right. So Jess, do you want to go next or do you want me to? I'll go if you don't laugh at my answer. So I just <laughs> on the spot. No, no, no. Go for it. Well, Norman's is pretty boring, but I put him as going to be anything on the history channel. He's watching the history channel to learn his useless- Oliver or Norman? I didn't hear you. Norman. He wants to okay. learn all the facts. I put Oliver's going to watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. I love it. <laughs> Jeopardy put, is a good one. Yeah. Um, Shane, I put, I, I was thinking on Casey, I put Criminal Minds, like some, some like forensic show, like with technology. And then for Rita, I put she'd be watching The Bachelor. <laughs> you know, I could see her getting sucked into that. <laughs> or like oh Love God. is Blind or something. Yeah. Oh my god. She gosh. would totally be like, No, innocent Rita, The Bachelor, come on. It's like the train wreck. She's just sucked into the train wreck. Like okay. Norman, hey, a lot yes, of a lot of women right. like is oh. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I'm with Shane. I'm watching <laughs> Criminal Minds. <laughs> Okay, so I said that Oliver is watching the complete works of Shakespeare. He's watching all of the old British 1980s stage recordings of, Brit of Shakespeare uh, plays. And, uh, and Casey said on Twitter that, and he's critiquing them all. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. <laughs> critiquing them all um, so obnoxiously that Shane is just like, okay, seriously, you do realize this is a video <laughs> recording, right? <laughs> they would be having witty banter. And Rita, I said that she was watching all the National Geographic episodes on owls. Oh. Uh, yes. She like would that. be watching all the National Geographic episodes involving owls. And... Uh, and Norman would be watching the documentaries of stamps. All the different kinds of stamps. I honestly don't remember what I said about Shane. Uh, so I'm going to make one up. Uh, Shane is binge watching Virgin River. Okay. See that? Yeah. You can see Shane doing that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if she's desperate. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It was, uh, I remember now. It, it was, uh, it was uh, creating software. It, it was, it was uh, how, how to create new software. Some, I don't know if those even exist. 
but so if she's not watching something about how to create new software then she's binge watching virgin river <laughs> or she's taking a break you know like, okay i've had enough software so now i'm gonna <laughs> well I'm gonna as she's software. watching virgin river she is with on her laptop implementing what she's just learned from the Bingo. software movies <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right all righty so <laughs> Hopefully all of you postables out there have, to be cliche, you've laughed, you've cried, and hopefully you've enjoyed your time with us because we sure have. So, uh, Jess, Miss Queen of Trivia, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessBSWblog, or you can go on my website, BeneathStillWaters.com. Casey, where can people find you? You can find me at Hallmark My Words on Twitter. And we do have a Twitter for the podcast as well. Um, and it is uh, Deliver Me a Pod. Well, Deliver I- Me a Podcast was too long because Instagram is, or not Instagram, <laughs> uh, Twitter, Twitter is ridicul- ridiculous. So it's <laughs> Deliver Me a Pod, but it's still cute. Well, I was going <laughs> to get to that, but never mind. Something oh, sorry. different. <laughs> I'm so proud of it. <laughs> I know you have every right to be. You created it. You absolutely should say it. All right. And you can find me at Cami Drama Girl. Cami spelled K-A-M-I on Instagram and Twitter. On, face- on Facebook, it's the Hooked Hardy Facebook page. And my blog is hookedhardy.com. Oh, and by the way, uh, the When Calls the Heart connection tonight, Vanessa. Little Vanessa, she plays Laura on When Calls the Heart. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can also follow the pod. Uh, you can also follow the podcast, Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all over social, social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, we'd love your reviews. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We'd also love for you to join our Patreon group. There's lots of specials and giveaways and stuff that is uh, created just for you as patrons we also have our merch store and casey is totally killing it with the postables merch so <laughs> with postables inspired merch so so come on over and see what you can find for the postable or the hardy or the hallmarky in your life and just like casey said we now have uh deliver me a pod on twitter and and uh instagram for the for uh this segment of our podcast oh and we love just twitter no instagram sorry twitter and we love you all postables we'll see you next week Bye. bye